0: the following podcast is going to contain spoilers that's it just spoilers i certainly will not be talking about a book starring batman and not one not two but three different jokers why would i talk about something like that that sounds a little far-fetched proceed at your own risk Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host and my name is Steven. Today I want to talk to you about a book that I just read. I had not planned on reading it and frankly probably never would have read it had it not been for the timely text. It wasn't a text, it was an IM through Google Hangouts. From Harold, my friend Harold. Harold C. Janet III. He and I have collaborated on many things. And in fact, he was the guest on my first two live streams, and he will be the guest on more live streams to come. But he sent me this IM the other day, and he said, hey, man, have you read Batman, The Three Jokers? And I said, no. Why would I read Batman, The Three Jokers? It's a Batman story. Batman's stupid. And he says, you should read it. And I said, why? Batman's stupid. And you know who's more stupid than Batman? The Joker. The Joker. You know what's three times more stupid than the Joker? Three Jokers. So why would I read a story called Stupid Batman and the Three Stupid Jokers? And he said, first of all, that's not what it's called. You need to settle it down there, Mr. Mister. And I said, Mr. Mister is a group from the 80s that did songs. I can't think of any off the top of my head. And then he just stopped talking to me for like four days. And then finally he comes back four days later and he said, are you ready to talk like a human being? And I said, no, that's not what I do. You've known me for years. And he said, still, you should read Batman, The Three Jokers. And I said, fine, why? Why should I read it? And he said, because it's good. And I said, I'm not going to spend money on the a book starring a hero I don't like who goes up against three versions of a villain I don't like. And he says, well, you don't have to spend money on it. It's on Hoopla for free. And I said, all right, I'll read it because uh, I'm all about doing stuff for free. And so I got it from the hoopla and I sat down and I read it. And by the time I finished it, I was even more angry than I was when I had begun the tale. And really the source of my anger was the fact that I freaking really liked the story. It was so good. And it just seethed within my veins. A fiery rage just ripped through me because I don't want to like Batman anymore. I don't. Batman's old. He's busted. He's like, I'm Batman. And that's really all there is to him. The Dark Knight swinging through the night in his dark costume, being mean to people, striking fear into the hearts of criminals. Who cares? Dull, boring. Do something new with Batman for a change. Give him a freaking orange suit and have him out there rescuing hunters because he's wearing Safety Hunter Orange. That's probably not a good idea. But anyway, I want to talk about this book because I really did enjoy it. It was written by Jeff Johns with art by Jason Fabok. And it does, in fact, have three Jokers in it. Actually, it has way more than three. We'll get into that. I didn't know much about where this story came from, why this story is being told, what's the deal with three Jokers. But I mean, why would I? Because I don't like the Batman. I think the Batman is stupid. And I think the Joker is even more stupid. He's stupider. He's the stupidest. Because, frankly, how many more Batman versus Joker stories do we really need in this world? How many more ways can they tell a story about Batman going up against the Joker and have it captivate my attention? Well, Jeff Johns happened to have
1: done that in
0: this case. But. I wanted to learn a little bit more about the story, so I did a little bit of research and found out that the first time we'd ever heard of this idea of Three Jokers was back in 2015. It was during the Justice League Dark Side War. Batman apparently at one point gets hooked up to Metron's Mobius chair, which gives him like freaking genius or omnipresent, or some kind of, he just, he, he knows all kinds of stuff all of a sudden because of the Mobius chair. And so he asks the question to which he has never known the answer. He wants to solve this one mystery he's never solved before. What is the Joker's true identity? Who is the Joker? Because we've never known. And the chair basically tells him, I don't know. I mean, I can't really tell you because there are actually three Jokers. And apparently everybody who read this just collectively at once went, What? That's what I, that's how I understand it. Matter of fact, I remember that day because I was at home and I could hear it through the ether. So, this was before actually, the way I understand it, this is before DC Rebirth. So, they kind of reboot DC through their rebirth process or they don't reboot it. I don't know. Again, I never read DC Rebirth because I tried to, and they told me I had to go back and read two other different series and I think the dark side war was one of them. And I immediately got angry at DC and I stopped talking to them and I hung up on them every time they called because my thought is if you're going to start something called DC Rebirth, this is the moment for you to get back into DC. Why make me read a whole bunch of other stuff before I can even understand what the Rebirth is all about? Stupid. That's what I say. Anyway, apparently during DC Rebirth, number one. They mention it again. Batman apparently is investigating the fact that during his career, he hasn't been going up against one Joker, but three. And then Rebirth is over, and they just stop talking about it. 2015 was like, what, five years ago? And Rebirth maybe was four years ago? And then they just said, eh, let's stop talking about it. We're going to go for four years. We're going to have all kinds of Batman stories. The Joker is going to, of course be a main figure in a lot of them because we can't think of any more interesting new villains. Yes, I know they have. Don't send me an email. Don't at me. Just settle it down. I'm trying to be slightly facetious and I know that I might be failing, but I just don't care. So anyway, we suddenly get word that they're going to do this three jokers thing and they're going to wrap up the whole mystery. And I ignored everything because I didn't care. One Joker was bad enough. I don't care about three of them. But Harold, God bless his soul, he talked me into reading this book. And uh, right away, as I start reading it, I get really annoyed because one of the first things we get out of this book is yet another scene of young Bruce Wayne with his parents leaving the movie theater that was playing the movie Zorro. And they cut through the alley and Joe Chill comes and he kills his parents and it's just, I mean, how many times do we have to see that? So right away, I'm put off. Oh my goodness, here we go again. We Just in case there's somebody in the freaking world who was born yesterday that doesn't know how Batman became Batman, Let's let's just show it again. Now, of course, I can say after I have finished reading the story, that scene really did need to be in this. It really needed to be in there. And it made complete sense why they were telling it again. And as angry as I was, as furious as I was, as filled with rage as I was when I got to that scene at the beginning of the book, by the time I finished, I was really happy that they put it in. We'll talk about that later. So I'm not going to go real in-depth on this story. I'm just not gonna. But ultimately what you have here is you have three heroes and three villains. On the one side, you've got Batman, you've got Jason Todd, the Red Hood, and you've got Batgirl. On the other side, you've got these three Jokers. They classify them as the criminal, the clown, and the comedian. The criminal represents or is basically the Joker from the early Golden Age stories where he was really kind of sinister and evil i mean they he's always been evil but he wasn't goofy and campy as he later becomes and then changes again a third time that's kind of what they're saying here is the criminal is the more i guess he's he's got the i don't want to use the word serious he seems to be the one that leads the three jokers he's the guy with the plan he has his mind set on a certain thing he's not distracted by shiny objects he's not the straight-up wacky lunatic that we sometimes know the Joker to be. We also have the clown. This is the campier Silver Age version of the Joker. This is the one that, well, at the time, we thought he murdered Jason Todd, beat him to death with a crowbar. We find out later that he never died and he has come back as the Red Hood. And then we have the comedian. This represents the modern Joker. This is the guy that went to... Barbara Gordon's house and shot her and confined her to a wheelchair for many years before she was finally able to get back the use of her legs. Which is why we have the three heroes, Batman, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, and the Red Hood, Jason Todd. Each one of these Jokers has had a uh, serious and severe impact on each one of these heroes. So we learn throughout this story that these three Jokers are going around and they are kidnapping Just regular criminals. They're not kidnapping like the Riddler and Two-Face. Just regular, you know, muggers, uh, thugs, just regular everyday criminals. And they're dousing them. They're dunking them in the Joker toxin, the chemical that basically made the Joker. Because if you've read The Killing Joke, which is the book where the Joker shoots Barbara Gordon and she... She is then confined to a wheelchair. We learn somewhat an origin of the Joker. He was a guy whose pregnant wife dies under mysterious circumstances, or at least some accident. Um, He goes to work for a criminal organization. He becomes this character, this legendary mythical criminal character, called the red hood that many men if if i remember the story correctly many people have worn the red hood and he falls into this vat of chemicals and it bleaches his skin and it he drives him crazy and he turns into the joker so that's kind of the i don't know if that's the 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 standard now origin of the joker we don't know who the guy was before he became the joker and in fact if you read the killing joke we're not even sure if that was the way that this guy became the Joker. It's For all we know, it's just some kind of psychotic memory that he has created. We don't know if there really was a, a woman that he was married to that was pregnant that died. We don't know that any of that was true. But in this story, they are collecting criminals, dunking dunking them in these chemicals, bleaching their skin. They go crazy. They're trying to make the ultimate Joker for some reason. They don't really explain why, that I recall, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but they're trying to make the ultimate Joker. Well, at one point, Batgirl, well, at one point they're able to capture the clown and Batgirl and Jason Todd are keeping an eye on him. He's tied to a chair, he's he's confined and Batman has gone out to find the other two Jokers. Well, the clown starts kind of laying into Jason Todd verbally reminding him of the day that he, the Joker, beat him nearly to death with a crowbar. And in fact, he reveals this quote-unquote secret about Jason Todd, that while he was being beaten, Jason Todd begged for his life and even offered to switch his allegiance from Batman to Joker. If the Joker would let him live, he will be the Joker's Robin. And the Joker didn't want to kill Robin, He wanted him to live because he figured by taking Robin to this point where he begs for his life, where he um, tries to make a deal, offers to switch allegiances, and then lets him live, that that will cause more pain in both Robin and Batman's life. And in the end, it does, because Batman thinks that Robin has died, and then Robin isn't dead, and Robin spends this whole time wondering you know when he when he when he comes back he never had anybody there for him they they do this comparison because when barbara gordon was shot she had all this support around her so she's now back as a bat girl and she's not J- jason todd's not all there he's he's way more violent he's willing to kill i don't know if he ever has killed but he's way more violent he is not the same guy he was before the joker beat him nearly to death with a crowbar and the thing that he feels the reason why Barbara Gordon is fairly well adjusted compared to him is that she had a support system around her and he didn't and at one point she's trying to explain to him we all thought you were dead if we had known you were alive we wouldn't have ignored you we would have been there for you Batman we also find out it just eats him alive that he thought that Jason was dead this whole time he just left him in this grave it's just it's really kind of it's really kind of sad. But during this whole scene where the Joker is just laying into him, Jason Todd finally can't take it anymore. And he pulls his gun and he shoots the clown Joker in the head, killing him. Now, Batgirl tries to stop it. She she flicks a freaking batarang at him to try to knock the gun out of his hand, but she misses. And so the three Jokers are now down to two. And Jason Todd even says to her at one point, because she's very upset that he has murdered somebody in cold blood right in front of her. And he kind of implies that she wanted him to kill the Joker because after all, when was the last time she missed with a Batarang? So as the story goes on, Jason Todd ends up finding out, he figures out where the other two Jokers are, where they are um, hanging their hats, basically, where their hideout is. And so he gets there before Batman and Batgirl, but then he gets captured. And then- to add insult to injury they all they make him relive the time that he almost died they tie him to a chair and one of them starts beating him with the crowbar now they're trying to drive him over the edge because they have decided that Jason Todd is the one that they want to become the ultimate joker this doesn't end up happening he gets away um and so as a last ditch effort i guess their final plan their the they they capture somebody that they think at this point, well, if Jason Todd can't isn't going to be the ultimate Joker, this guy will, and it's Joe Chill. Joe Chill, as I said at the beginning, is the guy that shot and killed Thomas and Martha Wayne, Bruce's parents, causing him to become Batman. Well, we learn in this story, Joe Chill is, he's he's old, he's an older man at this point. He's probably in his 60s Um he might be pushing 70, but he's gotten sick. I don't know if he's got cancer. I don't think they quite say, but he's he's gotten sick. He's dying. And the two Jokers kidnap him from wherever, whatever jail, whatever prison he's in. Batman goes to investigate, and he finds all these letters among Joe Chill's belongings. And they're all written to Bruce Wayne. And I think there's even one written to Batman. And as Batman is reading the letters, and I, I think it's even there. So there's a moment where... The climax of the whole story, they they take Joe Chill back to the movie theater where Zorro was playing that night. It's now in a in abandoned theater, and they got him hanging from the freaking rafters, and they're gonna dunk him in this Joker toxin. And they have made a video of Joe Chill confessing to the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne. And I can't remember if it's during this this um, confession or if it's in the letters, I can't quite remember, but he admits that the reason he killed Thomas and Martha Wayne was just because he was jealous. He was He's basically like, they're the 1% and I'm part of the 99% and I'm tired of the 1% sticking it to all us poor people. And he ends up murdering them because of that. And it's not until later that he finds out that Thomas and Martha Wayne did all this stuff for charity. They gave back so much and they helped so many people. And he starts to realize that, you know, he the, the guilt really sets in. And he realizes what he's done to young Bruce Wayne by depriving him of these parents. And so he's just lived with this guilt for years and years and years. And there's actually a very touching moment at the end where Batman comes to see him because they, he saves Joe Chill. He saves his life. And then he comes to visit him in prison because he's still in prison. And he basically forgives Joe Chill for murdering his parents. And I even feel at that moment, now I can't quite remember 100%, Joe Chill realizes, and he may have known all along, which is why he wrote that one letter to Batman, that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person, that he is the reason that Batman has, you know, was is a thing. But there's just this moment at the end where Batman ultimately forgives joe chill which was just it's just something you never thought would happen and if you even ever did think it would happen it's like oh my gosh this should be the the comic book world should be turned upside down people should be so angry about this but it is a black label book so we'll we'll talk about what that means here in a bit so in the end the criminal joker he has masterminded this whole thing but then he's betrayed by the comedian joker who shoots him and kills him, leaving us to just the one Joker. And Batman sees him off to prison or Arkham or wherever he's he's going to next. And there's this whole, there's kind of this running theme throughout the entire book that nobody knows who the Joker is. And now that there's three of them, that makes it even worse. And it's like the one mystery Batman has never been able to solve. But then he is telling Alfred at the end, he's actually known who the Joker is, or at least the comedian version of the Joker. He's actually known who he is all along. Took him about a week to figure it out. He's never revealed it to anybody, however, because we find out the whole story from the killing joke about the guy with his uh, pregnant wife who dies accidentally, um, causing him to, you know, get into this criminal underworld and be, be the Red Hood and become Joker and all this. We find out that that's all real that he was an abusive husband. She had friends in uh, the Gotham Police Department. They help her by faking her death. And then I think she goes to live in Alaska. And Bruce knows, Batman knows, if he ever reveals that secret to anybody, that who, just just even that the Joker is this guy, that people might look into his background and they might find out that she, that this woman and her son are alive and that the Joker will find them and kill them. So he's he's always kept it to himself, primarily to uh, keep these two safe. And he doesn't even, he tells Alfred that he knows who the Joker is, but he doesn't tell Alfred who the Joker is. Well, this left me very confused because if the whole purpose behind this book was because back in 2015, Batman is hooked up to the Mobius chair and he uses that to try to solve the one mystery he's never been able to solve, which is who is Joker? Why would he do that if he already knew who the Joker was? So while that didn't ruin this, the, that thought didn't ruin my enjoyment of the story because I didn't know about this whole Mobius chair thing when I started the book. I found out about that today before I started recording. But it, get, it I can't help but think that now. So then that begs the question, is this book in continuity? Is it canon? Because it is a Black Label book. And the thing about the Black Label books are... Uh, they have basically two things that we know about the Black Label books. One, they're for mature audiences. And two, everything that's been put out on the Black Label imprint so far... Has been out of continuity tales. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Uh, there was a Batman, The Damned, I think. And um, the, the the Question book. They're not part of continuity, apparently. So is this one in continuity? We we don't know, or at least I don't know. I don't have any theories. Is it, isn't it? I don't know enough about current and continuity to even answer that question, but based on what I'm seeing online, nobody knows. I like to think it is though, despite the fact that it doesn't quite fit into Batman wanting to know who the Joker was back in 2015. However, again... That was before DC Rebirth, which kind of rebooted things. So maybe he didn't know. Rebirth happens. He does know. Doesn't matter. But another thing I got out of this story that I found quite interesting was throughout these three issues and they're double sized big, they're big issues. um, These, the three Jokers, again, they're kidnapping criminals, dunking them in the Joker toxin and trying to create the ultimate Joker and during these issues, there is, there's like one scene in particular where our three heroes are battling just a big mob of Jokers. Now, they're all different body types and height, you know, and different sizes and shapes and all that. But there were a few of them that look very much like the Joker. So so while we start the story with three Jokers and end with one, really there's a potential to have more of them out there. Some of these guys that they that, that went through this process could still be out there, and it kind of ends the argument that has been going on for years, which is, why doesn't Batman just kill the Joker? If the Batman would just kill the Joker, he could save countless lives, and it's just silly that he's never done so. But if you take this story into consideration, let's say he did kill the Joker. Well, there were at least two more of them running around out there, and now there's a potential for there to be many more. So if he does kill the Joker, it's like it doesn't matter because there are others to take his place. That's kind of what I got out of the story. Plus, I thought the whole Batman forgiving Joe Chill was just just a really nice touch. Plus, there was this moment where you think there's going to be this whole love romance thing between Jason Todd and Barbara. They kiss at one point, and then she kind of says, no, we can't do this. Well, at the end, one one of the endings is him coming by her place. He has written her a letter and basically he says, you know, I love you. I think we should do something about that, but I don't want to ruin any kind of friendship or anything. So if you never say anything to me about this, as far as I'm concerned, we're just friends and I will never, ever, ever pursue it. He tapes it to her door. He walks away. It falls off of her door and then some custodian sweeps it up, and it goes into the trash. So she never gets to read it. What does that mean? Again, if it's not in canon, it doesn't matter. If it is in canon, are we ever going to see something like that? I mean, I might not, because again, I'm not in any big rush to read any Batman books. I'm just not. Now, I will say I do have um, The Court of Owls and whatever five or six trades come after that i have all of those i've borrowed them all from comixology unlimited i did read the court of owls a couple of years back and i do remember really enjoying it so i'm going to get back into those and maybe i'll find a whole new love for batman but he's just not one of those characters that i rush out to read stories about and as a matter of fact there was just news that went up today about a new freaking anthology book a new batman anthology book coming out and i can't remember the name of it but my first thought was oh that's what we need. More Batman stories, because there's certainly not enough of those. And I immediately got annoyed. But if they're good, they're good. The, you know, it—it it, it, the character in S in the end really shouldn't matter too much as long as the story is good. And The Three Jokers was an excellent story. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how it was received by comic fans in general, because honestly, I, I haven't read anything about it because... I ignored the series. I ignored the three books. I ignored the the story altogether. So as the, as the three issues were coming out, I didn't read anything about it. I didn't, anytime anybody was talking about it on Twitter, I just kind of passed it over. So I have no idea how this was received by the general Batman-loving comic book public. But I hope they enjoyed it as much as I did. I really enjoyed it. Did you read it? Did you enjoy it? I would really like to know send me an email, feedback at stevenarels.com. There are plenty of ways you can let me know, but that's the, that's, you know what? I'm not going to go through all the ways because I do it every, yeah, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get a little bitter and down on myself. I do it in every episode and I've yet to receive any feedback. I'm just going to cry for just a moment. I'm going to cry and then I'm going to stop crying because it's not real. The art. Oh my God. Jason Fabak, his art is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's it's not terribly stylized. He's got that kind of classic Marvel DC house look, but it's just excellent. It's it kind of reminds me a bit of Gary Frank, but yet not quite. It it was it was top-notch. It was the the I don't want to say it was the perfect art for this story because I think any great artist could have could have told this story just as well. Um I'm not trying to take anything away from him by saying that because I just, there was never a point during the whole story where I had to scratch my head and wonder what was going on. There was never a, a scene or a page or a panel progression that I got lost on. He just, he's obviously one of the greats. I don't know if I've ever read anything else from this guy. I know his name. I hear his name all the time. I read his name all the time. But now because of this, I am, I'm I'm going to be forced by my heart to go out and find other stuff that he's done because i enjoyed it that much he did such a such an excellent job telling this story that i i have to go out and find other stuff that he's done i just i just don't have a choice at this point i have to do it but until i do i'm gonna wrap this sucker up my name is steven i'm just another fanboy. please wear a mask please stay safe and please be nice to each other i'm out
1: good job i'm getting ready to record one of these here podcast things just want to get make sure that my mic is where it needs to be so i'm over here just doing a microphone check microphone check microphone check not sure why i'm doing this why i gotta use the funny voice but i am sometimes i need to sock myself up to get ready to record one of these here episodes and just sitting around speaking in a silly voice kind of helps, kind of helps me getting in that mood, kind of helps me put my mind where it needs to be deep down in the recesses of my skull, the, the, the cavity within my skull that houses my brain, you know, back there behind the eyes, betwixt the ears, underneath the scalp, that general area. Plus, I haven't really thought up a, an intro yet. You know, I do them intros that say this here podcast is going to be containing them spoilers and such. And then I try to think of something funny to say, but I don't always think something funny because I'm not really a very funny guy. So I got to think about that for a second. So I might go through a couple of them as well. Niles, what's up? You need to go out psycho Do you want to get down? The following podcast
0: is going to contain spoilers along with me. Talking about a book starring the Batman, which I have to admit makes me quite angry
1: to even to be thinking about reading, much less talking about a book starring the Batman because, well, I don't think I have to give you a reason. I'm going to do this again. Arizona is where I'm from. I I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no clue. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host and my name is Steven. Not sure, not going to use that at all. Probably not. Arizona is where I'm from.
0: Oh, it's just been one of those nights. It's just been one of those nights. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. Don't ever call me Steve. That's that's all I'm going to tell you. You can call me Steven. You can even call me, I can't think of another name. Just call me Steven. Don't call me Steve. Just don't do that. There's only one person in my life I allow that honor, and it's not you. No offense. I don't know why I'm coming off all, hey, man. Yeah, I'm not going to use this one either.